The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So a few years ago, I lived in an apartment complex in San Antonio, Texas. My 26-year-old female lived there for about four years with a couple of my best friends. Over the years, I would run in a neighborhood that was close to our apartment complex. I've actually had a couple of weird things happen to me throughout the years running through there, as well as at our complex. But this event was definitely the most terrifying moment in my life and caused me to stop running in that neighborhood altogether until life finally found my friends and I moving to a different city. So over the years of running in that neighborhood, I became familiar with this one house that gave serious trap house vibes. It was very out of place for the neighborhood as there was an elementary school just up the street and the area is not a high crime area by any means. It was a corner house that was at the first stop sign of my running path, so closest to my apartment, and housed a a group of about six huge men. That's usually about how many I would see together at a time anyway. And they always had people coming and going. Sounded like they threw a never-ending party and their property smelled strongly of weed. As a woman and avid watcher of crime documentaries, I'm constantly paranoid and observant of my surroundings which is why I'd come to know that house so well. Throughout the years, 
I'd always managed to see them, but they never saw me. But the last year we lived there, that all changed. So just so you guys know, it wasn't dark at all during this event. The sun was out and shining brightly, and it was about 5.30pm or so. I'm at the start of my path and I'm coming up to that first stop sign in the house. Per usual, I look for them in their vehicle and any potential traffic, and I see that they aren't home. They only had one vehicle that they would all pile into and it was a big black Tahoe or something. I'm not a car expert by any means, but that's just my guess. I continue on my run though, which takes me further up past that house and into another neighborhood where I would run around in a cul-de-sac a few times before running back down that path. I'd say maybe about an hour and a half passes by and then I decided to head home after the sun starts to set and it gets dark. As I'm running home and coming up to that house and the stop sign, I'm listening to music and running and see that I'll need to stop at the stop sign because of traffic. I'm coming up to the stop sign which puts the house to the right of me and the stop sign to the four-way intersection to the left of me. And I credit what happened next to trusting my instincts, remaining observant and being in band and softball. I was honestly really tired from my run so I was kind of looking down at the ground rather than ahead. But I always utilize my peripheral vision. Shout out to being a band nerd. If you know, then you know. So I take off to run across the street to the sidewalk that will take me to the fence on the side of my apartment complex. It didn't have a door, so I would just either hop it or slide under to run down that path. And I see that the vehicle that had been stopped at the stop sign perpendicular to me is the vehicle that I know to belong to the house that was just on the right of me. Out of the corner of my eye, I see them turn like as if they're going to go down their street when I think, huh, that turn seemed too wide like a U-turn which is weird since their house is right there. I take all of two tired steps. I was out of energy at this point. Before I just get this sinking gut feeling. Now, I have never in my life felt this feeling before, but immediately I felt danger at my back and everything in my body and mind told me to run for my life. So, I did. With that feeling of fear in my stomach and danger at my back, I sprinted down the sidewalk with renewed vigor and slid under the fence like I was sliding to home plate. I immediately popped out and turned around to look outside the fence where I had just been and... That was when I saw them. A group of men that I'd only ever seen in passing were sitting in their car on the street outside of my apartment complex fence with their windows down and all six of them were just staring at me with predatory eyes. We stared at each other for what seemed like a long time before I watched them drive away and once they were out of sight, I ran to my apartment and locked myself in there, scared to show them exactly where my apartment was, as I was worried that they were circling the complex looking for me. I told my friends what happened and spent the rest of the night full of adrenaline, pacing and reflecting on what had just happened, whether or not these guys knew where I lived. Those men purposely chose not to go home, but pulled a U-turn to follow behind me as I was running away. Recounting the story over the years, I've had people tell me that it was just so that they could view my butt as I ran or something. But when I remember that feeling in my body that 
was almost a voice in my head yelling at me to run like my life depended on it. And I think of their blank faces and dark eyes staring at me from inside that vehicle. I seriously question what their true intentions were that day. So this happened to me quite recently. For practical and economic reasons, I used the taxi service, the fixed price, which cost me less than taking my vehicle, especially given the place where I live, as it's an ultra-rural village isolated from all cities, and where necessarily to go to the bank or go shopping, you have to hit like 10 to 20 kilometers. In general, the taxi service I use is ultra-professional, recent vehicles, clean, maintained, friendly driver, always a, a friendly random conversation, always on time, and almost always the same drivers too. But one day, three or four weeks ago, I was entitled to a new driver, which was nothing special I suppose. It seemed like the same impeccable service, nothing to complain about really, but two weeks ago, this gentleman, who already told me to call him by his first name, gave me his age, his nationality, information that came out of nowhere, and continued his conversations by explaining that he bought a, a connected printer but can't get it to be recognized by his smartphone. So I try to give him some advice and it sort of stops there. Again though, this driver has a, a really enthusiastic mood, a little bit too much for my taste, so I don't pay attention to it. He keeps talking to me about his printer again and blurts out to me, you who work in this field, you can help me. I can't. It's not connected. If you want, we can add ourselves on Messenger and you can help me. Since we had arrived at my destination, I stammered out an answer, something like, I'll think about it later. But I knew that I needed to not talk to this guy about my work because I'm actually a computer technician, among some other things, so it would be obvious that he could get my number for this. In the end, though, I ended up forgetting about this moment since I had to help a friend. I was mired in a complicated divorce situation where there was domestic violence and stuff. Suffice it to say that this divorce worried me a lot and that this moment with the taxi, I just ended up forgetting about it because of all this. Except that I had to move and I necessarily called the taxi again. And after barely getting in, a sudden urge to get out of the vehicle came over me all of a sudden. He says hello to me, but using my first name, asks me for news about my father's health and some more playful humor, I guess. I specify that once again I never mention my first name, nor mention my father to this driver. Suffice it to say though that after this, we sort of drove in silence. In any case, I do what I have to do and in the store parking lot I call the taxi center to order a taxi for the return. The gentleman replies that there is already a vehicle that has dropped off an old lady that I have to meet her and notify her instantly that she can pick me up. I arrived at the level of the driver and, again, it was this same driver with a big smile. He helps me by putting my bags in the trunk and at this point he sort of gives me a tactile gesture on my back. A kind of, I don't know, it felt like a bit of caressing almost. Whatever it was though, it made my blood run cold. The driver though asks me to get in the front because the rear doors have a problem unlocking or something. 
And it was at this point that I honestly almost backed out of this. I get in the front though, telling myself, 10 kilometers by car, it will go quickly, and I tried to hide my emotions. But that was a mistake. This ultra-curious guy was talking to me, asking me a ton of questions, and it almost seemed like he was trying to, I don't know, direct my answers. The questions were very focused on explicit content though, increasingly scandalous, not to say that things got very direct after a while too. He would insist upon things like, when I finish, you must compliment me. Have you ever tried the Moroccan cigar? And always with a really awkward smile, touching the limits of my crotch, tactile movements in my direction while I was limiting sticking to the door. He was trying to hold my wrist though as I was attempting to fix my hand over the central locking button. The doors which had no problems in the end, since the onboard computer didn't indicate any warnings. They were accessible and I genuinely thought about just jumping out at one point. And of course, instead of taking the shortest route, he took the longest, which reduces the time of the route from 10 to 15 minutes to almost 50 minutes. It was also in an ultra-isolated wooded area, which obviously didn't help. In the end, I just tried to maintain my composure. I responded vaguely to his comments or tried to make little jokes, hiding my growing anxiety. I don't know and I don't really want to know what this guy was up to, but... I arrived at my place, I took all of my bags in one foul swoop and I just got the heck out of there. At home in the hour that followed, the driver spoke to me on WhatsApp too. I blocked him directly after that and I didn't read anymore. But after calming down, I contacted the taxi company or I explained the situation and the guy on the phone just answered me with, are you talking about so and so? I answered in the affirmative. And then he answered me in a, a really weird way, almost in a very, I don't know, like mafia intonation. I have no other images in mind to describe it, but it was like, don't worry, we'll take care of it. So on the one hand, I said to myself, I may not have been the first person that this guy tried it on, which is scary. And also that this will take care of it. I don't know. After this... I think I'm going to use another taxi service. This whole situation is still spinning in my head and to be honest, I'm still processing it all and I don't know what to think. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This happened in 2017. I was hanging out under a bridge with my friends when I was in high school. It was near my house and it had really cool graffiti. So we used to go there to take pics and just sort of hang out. Once we decided to go at night and we were sitting on the far left of the ledge. Anyway, we were just talking about random things and to the far right I saw the shadow figure of a man. Whoever it was, he was sitting on the edge of the ledge just hanging out. I thought that I was tripping at first so I kept looking but every time I looked back he was still there and it was then that I realized that the shadow wasn't really a, a shadow from a person, but the shadow was a person. I was convinced still that it was my mind playing tricks on me, but later on in the conversation, we started talking about the paranormal and my friend mentioned how this place was really creepy at night. I then mentioned how I thought that I kept seeing this figure over there. She was like, bro, I see it too. I was convinced that she was playing with me, so I didn't believe her at first but she insisted that she saw it too and thought that she was tripping as well. I was like, you know what, I'm good, I'm out of here. I start walking by myself and praying. She was with her boyfriend and they had an electric scooter that they were going to ride on, so I was like, let me get a head start because there was no way that I was going to wait for them in that place alone. I eventually went home and after that I never went back there again at night. These days, this story is a bit of a laugh for us. I'm no longer afraid of these types of things because I know now to protect myself against them religiously. Back then, I was much more afraid, but to this day, I swear that I know what I saw. There was a shadow man sitting there under that bridge. I, a 25-year-old female, have always been more in tune with the supernatural, and my first memorable experience I just so happened to witness with my cousin. When we were much, much younger, my cousin, her name is Kay, and I went to a birthday party for one of our older cousins. Her name was Kat. It was a gorgeous day in June, and it was the perfect day to enjoy a nice summer breeze. My cousin Kat was having her party for her 12th birthday at the Duncan Park. While this park had its usual picnic tables and playground equipment, it was surrounded by weeping willows which aren't that uncommon to find in this part of Mississippi. However, unlike other parks, this one was sitting right next to an old plantation house, an abandoned YMCA that closed down in the 70s, and the front of an old locomotive that the city was forced to fence off because my aunt had defaced it in her youth. My cousin Kay and I ran around the park while waiting for the rest of our family to show up and enjoy the festivities. That was when we saw them. Two women, dressed up in pastel lacy dresses with bell skirts and bonnets. 
The style resembled that of the Civil War era. However, in our seven and eight-year-old brains, they were dressed like Barbie princesses. So we followed as we still had that child naivety when it came to stranger danger. They walked up the steps to the front porch of the Greek Revival-style home where we saw a few men in tailcoats adorned with top hats and what looked to be afternoon tea set up on a table. My cousin and I watched at a distance at first, completely entranced by the scene in front of us. It was honestly almost like something out of a fairy tale. We got a bit closer and I remember we were going to ask them something. What were we going to ask though? I don't remember. But I do remember that as soon as the word hey came out of our mouths, the ladies in dresses and the gentlemen in suits stopped what they were doing and then floated through the walls of the house, disappearing completely. My cousin and I stood there and looked at each other for a few minutes in disbelief at what we had just witnessed. Kay and I came to a silent understanding that no one would believe us since we were just children and would be written off as having overactive imaginations. We went back to Kat's party like everything was normal and didn't utter a word of what had just happened to, well, anyone. Fast forward to when we were teens, we finally told my mum what we had experienced all those years ago. My mum told us that the Auburn plantation had reenactments in the spring, so what we must have seen was former residents enjoying the summer breeze like they were still amongst the living. But my cousin and I, we know what we saw that day, and it was not a reenactment. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When I was in college, I was out and about with my then boyfriend. We had gone to dinner, then went to Walmart to get some typical college food so that we could survive a Sunday in. I was dressed up in a casual dressy fit and we decided to split up while we shopped split apart, maybe to do quicker shopping, but I don't remember the exact reason why. I just remember that I was wandering the grocery aisles when I noticed this girl who was about my age. In a friendly manner, we casually smiled at each other and continued on shopping. It didn't seem weird at first, but I kept noticing her in the same aisles as me and a big muscular man was never far behind us. 
Eventually, I texted my boyfriend and asked where he was and continued on shopping. Next thing I know, the girl approaches me and says that she loves my jacket. I say, thanks, Maurice's, and try to move on. She stops me and says something along the lines of, hey, you look like you're my age and seem really nice. I just moved here for a new job and company my friends and I are starting up and tried to ask me questions about where I was from. I was vague and untrusting with what I said, noticing that this wasn't really that normal. Then she said, I'm looking for more people like you and I too work for our company. It's kind of a warehouse job and I would love for you to be one of our bookkeepers. You should give me your number. I said, that's really nice of you to offer me a job, but I'm not a desk person and already have a job that I love. She said, that's a bummer. I thought we might work well together. Well, would you want to give me your number so that we can hang out? I would love to have a friend who can show me around the city. It was then that I realized that I wasn't getting out of this situation until my boyfriend showed up or I gave her my number. Eventually, I rattled off a fake phone number and said, hey, I'll catch you later. I gotta go. Then I walked away, praying my boyfriend would be near so that we could get out of there quickly. While I was looking for him and trying to call him, the girl called up to me and said, I tried to call you, but it said the number was out of service. And as I tried to come up with a quick excuse and say, maybe you typed it in wrong, she saw that my phone was unlocked and in my hand. She quickly snatched it and called herself on it. I was so flustered and mad at her that I snatched my phone back right when my boyfriend came around the corner. He instantly recognized that something was up and said that we had to go. When the girl saw him approach me, she looked really disappointed to see him and stopped trying to interact with me. We ended up buying nothing and leaving. That night, we called our parents and the police too. The police said that they didn't think there was anything in it or anything ill-intended, but I was sure that it was probably trafficking. I was going to switch my phone number because I was actually a little bit scared. I blocked them though and turned off all location access on my phone. I was too scared to go anywhere alone for a little while too. I even told my coach so that she knew. Anyway, a couple of days later I got a text from a random number. It was the girl. She sent a picture of my best friend who was out drinking downtown with some of her other friends. The text said, I met your best friend. She gave me your number because I told her that I was looking for a new friend. She showed me a picture of you and I said, what a coincidence. I met her the other day and lost her number when I got a new phone. About two minutes later, I got a text from my best friend that said, I gave your number to a girl who wants to make friends around here and is looking for people to join her business. And since I moved this week, I thought of you. I freaked out a bit at this and I told her that she needed to get away from this girl and not to leave alone with her. I stayed up worried until my best friend got home. She said that she was fine, otherwise I would have gone to pick her up. The next day, my best friend apologized and told me to block the number. My friend and her group tried to ditch her, but she kept showing up at the bars that they were at, which was weird because how did she know that they were there? She said the girl was relentless and texted her all night, trying to get my friend to hang out at her place. My best friend also said that when she asked about the business, the girl wouldn't give her many details, other than that it was a, a warehouse somewhere, would pay her great, 
in town and if she wanted a tour of it, she would take her. Weirdly too, after this, we never actually heard from this girl again. It was as if she just fell off the radar completely. Anyway, today I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned different sex trafficking tactics. Two were actually vague jobs where they would pay you well but needed you to come meet them to give you more information. And also a new-to-town girl who desperately needs new friends. I've been thinking about this all morning and I'm really glad that I felt uncomfortable and that my friend didn't go with this girl as well. But I'm mostly mad that the cops ignored my concern and said that it was nothing. I at least hoped that they wrote down the tip that night... I mean, I doubt they did, but honestly, it was really creepy vibes just all around, and the fact that she disappeared like that, I don't know, the whole thing was really fishy. A couple of days ago, I was walking my dog around the lake at my condominium like I always do, it was around 6.30pm and the sky was getting a little bit dark. But my dog is a golden retriever and she's very friendly with people and other dogs too. She's six months old and she rarely barks or growls at anybody. She actually loves being petted by strangers in fact. But she's usually very calm too regardless of if people pet her or not. Anyway, we were walking and suddenly I turned around and I saw this guy coming out of nowhere. The guy looked a little bit odd. He had glasses and he sort of seemed to be walking nervously. He was still far away from us so I didn't think that he was nervous about my dog or anything. As he got closer to us though I just sort of stopped and moved to the side like I usually do when there is somebody coming from behind us. I do this so that they can walk ahead of us and my dog stops constantly looking back moving its tail looking forward to being pet. But instead, my dog just sort of starts getting, I don't know, like restless and also starts growling nervously while looking at this guy. I tried to calm her down and I smiled at the guy trying to be friendly. But the guy just sort of looked at me with a, a really serious face and started reaching for something out of his backpack. At this point, my dog just starts barking and I get this bad feeling and a shiver goes down my spine. For a second, I thought... What if the guy had a weapon or something? The guy just kept walking, looking at me while reaching for something in his backpack. As my dog kept barking at him, I apologized for my dog's behavior and tried to tell him that my dog usually doesn't behave like that. But the guy just seemed to ignore me altogether. Finally, he just passes us and my dog starts barking again, but she's still really agitated. I just sat down next to her trying to calm her down while the guy just got lost between some of the houses at one point instead of just walking the lake path which seemed very weird to me. Now maybe I was just being paranoid. Maybe the guy just didn't like dogs which is fine I guess. I try to be really respectful to people who don't like dogs but after he got lost from our sight my dog just went back to her usual friendly self and we were able to finish our walk. But I don't know, something felt really off about this guy, and the encounter altogether made me feel really uncomfortable.
To preface this, I've dealt with sleep paralysis, night terrors, and shadow people since I was a child. I think it all started when maybe I was around 9 or 10, and it got worse as I entered my teenage years. Granted, I was dealing with a lot of abuse and childhood trauma at the time, so when they stopped after I moved out at 19, I just chalked it all up to stress. Flash forward to the present though, I've moved into this new apartment a couple of states over from my hometown almost four months ago now. Things have felt really good here too. I live with my roommate or best friend, 28 year old female, and her two cats and her dog. But I felt the vibes were kind of off sometime last week and I smudged the house and kept all the windows open to help air out the negative energy and bring in some more positive energy. Later that night, my roommate confessed to me that she'd been seeing shadow people in the hallway at night, and that the night before, one came up and actually touched her door handle. We keep her door propped open for the cats to run in and out, otherwise they scream. I assured her though that I felt something was off too, and I already cleansed the house. We had no problems the rest of the week, and she still hasn't seen any shadow people since then. However... Friday night, I went to bed as normal, had no problems falling asleep. My room stays pretty illuminated with a bright blue light that comes from the speakers on my PC. The light never shuts off on the speakers, even when my PC is off. So, I can see everything really well in my room at night. And at some point, I woke up from a dream and I saw what I can only describe as a demonic woman... She sort of looked like the girl from the ring, but in what looked like, I don't know, aeroplane stewardess clothes? The best way that I can think to describe it. She was in my open closet though, on my clothes like a rock climber, and she sort of tilted her head so far back that her face was upside down and facing me. She had a long tongue and she was moving her head all around and shaking it like crazy. I couldn't move. I tried to reach for my phone to call my roommate to wake her up or bang on the wall behind me, the opposite side of her room. So I was just stuck there laying there and watching this weird demon lady on my clothes in my closet. I was able to rationalize and tell myself that it's all a dream over and over again to try and wake myself up out of it. I finally woke up as I was trying to yell for help, but it kept coming out as a, a sort of whisper I finally jumped out of bed in my empty room, and after looking around, she was gone. I was able to fall almost right back asleep after shaking off the whole experience, but I went ahead and cleansed my room again Saturday morning, and spent some extra time on that closet as well. I mean, I've had sleep paralysis before, but this, this felt a bit different. I slept fine Saturday night, and last night, the room felt good. Now, I haven't had any stress or have had anything happen that would trigger these again. It would suck if I moved several states away from home and straight into a haunted apartment. But if you have any thoughts and ideas on what I can do, that would be much appreciated. My girlfriend told me like two weeks ago that she was waiting in line at the convenience store with her friend in Chinatown, New York City, and this large, dapper-looking man came over to them. Apparently, he complimented her coat and commented how expensive it must be, 
She said thank you and they chatted for a little longer. The man explained how his suit was just a, a Brooks Brothers suit but she noticed that he had all sorts of expensive jewelry on. When my girlfriend and her friend explained that they were students, he kept making assumptions about how they must be rich and that their parents are paying for everything. My girlfriend was starting to feel uncomfortable and began trying to distance herself from him. He asked them if they had jobs and they told him no, as they were students. After this, he went on to tell them what he does for a living, without being asked, mind you, and he said, I do all sorts of odd jobs, this and that. I mainly have these guys that work for me, though. I find them off the streets and feed them and give them a place to stay. I'm waiting to meet up with them now. He referred to them as his minions, which made something that at first seemed wholesome, very unsettling all of a sudden. He then told them that he had just had his wallet stolen and needed $400 for something. I don't remember the reason. He told them that he could pay them back later that week, but he needed the money right now. My girlfriend politely declined and at this point was really uncomfortable. She started walking towards the door to leave and said, Nice to meet you and good luck. They both walked outside and sat on a bench outside of the convenience store. As they were sitting and discussing the strange interaction, they saw the man exit and stand outside about 10 feet away, waiting for a few minutes, looking at his phone. He then met up with two other men and they chatted for a few minutes. The large man in the suit then walked the other direction and the two other men then walked into the store and started holding it up with knives. Absolutely shocked and frozen, they both watched as the cashier put her hands up then emptied out the cash register. The two men ran out of the store in the same direction as the man in the suit walked. We were both about to call the police but saw that the cashier already was. They waited at the bench until the two police cars showed up and then they walked in to tell the officers what they had just witnessed and tried to help identify the robbers and the man that they had just met. I wonder though if this is a common thing in terms of organized crime because to me it looked like this guy had paid homeless people to rob and commit this crime. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.